newspaper article not long ago uh, in, uh, in Tacoma, Washington. And it was about the story of Tattoo, the Basset Hound. And uh, Tattoo, he didn't, uh, he didn't intend for an evening run to happen, but when his owner shut the leash in the car door and took off for a drive, it was out of his control. Yep. Tattoo had no choice. Well, a motorcycle officer, though, by the name of Terry Filbert, noticed this passing vehicle with something that looked like it was dragging behind it. And as he passed the vehicle, he saw Tattoo. Officer Filbert finally chased the car to a stop, and Tattoo was rescued. Isn't that good news? But not before the dog with the little legs was found running up to 20 to 30 miles an hour rolling over at the same time. I know. He has not asked to go out on a walk since. <laughs> we have a lot in common with that little basset hound. Some of us this morning feel like somebody kind of got our leash caught in the door and they're taking off at 20, 30 miles an hour. And you're just running, trying to keep up with all the commitments in your life, all the things you said yes to that seem like such a great idea when you said that, said that yes. And now it's like all of these things are kind of pressing in and all of our busyness and all of our hurriedness adds up to where we just often don't feel like we're hearing from God anymore. And that's because we're wanting God to speak while we're on the run rather than slowing down and listening to God. In the scripture, the Bible says this, this, this phrase often, and God said, and it says it 1,900 times in one form or another. And God said. God is speaking. He continues to speak. And he wants to speak to you and to me this morning in a personal kind of way. Because God is a personal kind of God. That's one of the things that blows me away. And it's one of the uniquenesses of the Christian faith is that he invites us. The God of the universe invites you to get to know his heart and to get to enter into a relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. He wants a friendship, a friendship with you, not just a transactional kind of relationship, a relationship that is growing in depth, in intimacy, in trust over time. And that means that we've got to spend that time to get to know him. I want to talk a little this morning about prayer, about slowing down, and then we're going to have a moment at the end of the service where I want us to do that very thing. So you each received uh, one of these cards, and if you have one nearby that's not in your hand, you can uh, just look for that. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll work with that a little bit later. But I want to talk out of the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk was a minor prophet in Judah around 700 BC, and he was living in Judah, prophesying in Judah at a time when Judah was, was kind of going AWOL. I mean, there was corruption, there was injustice, there was violence, there was, uh, there was hypocrisy amongst the church and amongst the government in politics, and, and few people were wanting to really get serious with God and walk with God, and it grieved his heart. It grieved his heart for the people. And so it brought him to a place where he just was asking God some 
really deep questions, questions that you have probably asked yourself. God, why aren't you dealing with things? Why do you allow this injustice to happen? Why are you permitting evil in this world? God, rise up and do something about it. In, uh, in chapter 1, verse 2, he says this. He says, how long, O Lord, must I call for help? You ever felt that way? You're calling out to God. You're praying. You're asking God for something in your own life or for somebody that you love. Or maybe it's some, some issue of injustice going on in our world. And you're waiting on God. And it just doesn't seem like he's listening. I was... My heart was just grieved when I saw those migrants coming up from Honduras, thousands of them, just seeking out a better life than what they were living. And they got stopped at the bridge between Guatemala and Mexico, and they were holding them back with tear gas, shooting that into the crowd where there's mothers and babies and all of that. And it's just sad. Like, I don't have all the answers, but I'm just like, God, why is that happening in this world, where you look out even in our county and see the, the, just the grievous rate of domestic violence and abuse, or any number of other things in our society or in our own personal world, and you're like, God, come through. God, answer our prayers. Do something. Well, that's exactly how this prophet was, was praying. And he, was a, he wasn't as much of a preaching prophet as he was a praying prophet. And so we can learn a lot from Habakkuk. He vented on God, and God can take your venting, let me assure you. He can take your questions. He can take your anger. He can take what you have to give. But, if, but we can learn something from him, from this prophet Habakkuk, because he, got, he did all of that, but then he came to this place where he pulled back and he listened. He didn't just talk. He didn't just tell. He didn't just demand. He got to a place in his own soul, in his own heart, where he just said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go up and I'm going to climb my watchtower. And what, he, what that Hebrew expression, climb my watchtower, means is I'm going to go get alone with God. I'm going to get in a private place with God. And that's what we need if we want to slow down, if we want to hear God. And many of us in, are in that place. We're like, I want to hear God. I'm not so certain I can hear God. I, I've heard other people can hear God. But can I hear God? Yes, you can. But it, it'll be when you slow your heart down. It'll be when you get in that quiet place, in that place that's like a watchtower. I like fire towers. I don't know if any of you love climbing fire towers. I do. Be out in the woods, find a fire tower, climb up to the top of it. Because it's always remote. It's, it's remote and it gives you a view like no other. And there's something about that watchtower, that place of aloneness that you can get to where you get a different perspective. You get a different view. And it's a place that's alone. For some, maybe that place is on your way to work in the car. You turn off the talk, talk radio or, or ESPN or whatever you're listening to and you just use it as a a time where you're in your capsule and you're going to work and you're just praying and you're listening to God. Or for others, maybe it's a place in your home where you get away and you're able to spend 30 minutes just listening to God. Or maybe it's out, some of you love to walk and go out 
in the neighborhood and walk or go out in the woods and walk and it's that place where you can be alone with God. But we need to get, have that place that we go to and get alone with God. Luke 5, 16 tells us that Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place and prayed. Jesus. We think, well, Jesus, of course, he, he did that often, probably because he didn't have a lot to do. And the truth is, he had a huge amount to do. I bet you he was busier than you. Jesus had thousands of people wanting a piece of him. He had the religious paparazzi traveling around trying to catch him in something. He was... He was he held the, the weight of the world on his shoulders. Those of you who moms and dads feel like you have responsibility for your kids. Jesus had a lot of kids in a metaphorical sense. I mean, he, he was carrying the weight of the world on him. He was busy. He understood stress. He understood that sense of time demand. And yet he knew that I have so much to do. I've got to pull away and hear from my father. I've got to pull away and be alone. I gotta get away from friends and family and listen to God. But after you find that quiet space where you get alone to be with God, you gotta quiet your mind and quiet your emotions. And so Habakkuk says this in the same verse. He says, I'm gonna climb that watchtower and then I'm gonna station myself there. And that word station yourself means to stay put. It means to stay there, to wait on God. Quieting yourself down, waiting on God, waiting on him to speak. And I'll tell you what, that's the part that we often get pretty anxious, isn't it? Where your foot starts tapping. And you know, you're going, whoa, it's already been five minutes. You know, Come on, God. We want him to speak quickly, don't we? I mean, if we're honest, we want the relationship kind of cooked up in a microwave and God says, no, this is a crockpot kind of a relationship. It's not going to happen in two minutes for you. It's going to be because we're spending time together and listening, not just talking, not just telling, not just commanding, not just venting, but listening. Habakkuk said, I'm going to station myself so I can hear God because God speaks to the person who will listen. One of the reasons why we often feel like we're not hearing from God is because our, our mind is just going a million miles a minute. The RPMs of our heart is up so, so fast. And we sit down in that place of prayer. Maybe we even read a, you know, some, a Bible passage and then we're like, okay, now what? I'm here, God, make it happen. And, and, and we have to calm our mind down from all the tasks, all the to-dos, all the, uh, the emails that still need to get done and things at work and the things, oh man, I left the clothes in the washer, need to get to the drive, I guess I should go do that. Right. No, station yourself in that place. One of the things I did as a helpful thing was I, I, the first five minutes I had to shut my mind up. I had to take all those tasks and write them down, not go do anything about any of them, just write them down and it gave myself permission to just then stay there and pray and listen and listen and not even talk sometimes, but just to listen. Do whatever it takes to kind of screen, uh, dump your mind, get it down on paper, get it, put it in your phone, do whatever, and then let it go and spend that time with God. The other thing that makes it really tough to be quiet and to station yourself and stay put is the accuser of the brethren, the, the devil, 
often comes in in those times when we're first trying to establish a prayer life and first trying to just spend that extra time with God, and he begins to accuse you and tell you all the th- remind you of all the mistakes you made in the past week or maybe over your whole life. He begins to tell you you're not worthy to be in God's presence. He begins to remind you of your sin or your mistakes or your faults, and you feel condemned. And then it, it just, who wants to hang out in that environment? And so we often just shut it down kind of quick at that point. That's not God. That's not God. God is not a condemner. God wants you to grow, yes. Yes, he will bring conviction, but he'll bring it in a way that you can respond to and doesn't just heap you with guilt and shame and condemnation. When you feel that, that is not coming from God. We gotta press past that point and remind ourselves that God wants a friendship. God wants to speak affirmation and love over our lives. God wants to motivate and encourage us to grow. God is speaking. Can you hear him? Psalm 46.10. I love this psalm. It says, be still and know that I am God. Be still. Isn't that hard sometimes to just bring your, your, your soul, your heart, your mind, your emotions to a point where you're just still? You're not just like checking your watch, checking your phone. I mean, I, I love this thing. But man, it's, sometimes it's of the devil. I mean, I love this phone. But do you know the average American checks their phone 85 times a day? And it spends three hours on it every day. It's a lot of time. That is a huge distraction. We're in social media. Any dead space we have, any margin we have in our schedule, what do you do? You pull your phone out. You get on social media. You check the news. You do this. You go back and forth. It's hard to just get to a point where we get still. And then we, in that place of stillness, we hear God. Psalm 62, 5 says, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. Waiting. Waiting is action. Waiting is not easy. Waiting requires discipline. And God speaks to those who will wait and those who will listen. Life group leaders in the room, those of you who lead various groups, life groups, when is the last time you led your group through a prayer experience? You know, we do that in Rooted, a prayer experience. So most of you life group leaders, probably all of you have been through Rooted. You've done a prayer experience. We want you to keep up the rhythms of Rooted, and one of those is the prayer experience. And often what happens after Rooted, we never do another one. I want to challenge you before the end of the year Lead your group in a prayer experience. Just dedicate the group time to that prayer experience. And yeah, customize it. Make it where it works for you and your group. But there's something powerful as we encourage each other to keep meeting with God, tuning in, listening to him. The next thing Habakkuk says is, I will look to see what he says to me. So I'm going to climb that watchtower. I'm going to get in that place that's alone. I'm going to station myself, and I'm going to wait on God. And then I'm going to look to see what he says to me. Look to see what he says. Now, it seems like it would make more sense to say, I will listen to what God says. But he's saying, I'm going to look to see what he says to me. An important key to hearing God is to understand that God's voice is often visual. 
that we look for it. We look for it. And throughout the scripture, you'll notice this pattern where God often speaks to many of the people in scripture through word pictures, through images, through visual. Gives them impressions in their mind, in their heart. It's a common way that God speaks to people. And I think it's one of the reasons why Jesus said several times in the Gospels, watch and pray. There's this visual element to prayer. Now, I know some of you have no idea what I'm talking about, but if you'll grasp it, what, what you'll do is you'll enter into this whole new place of understanding and hearing God's voice. Ephesians 1.18 says it this way. Paul was saying, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you will know, may know the hope to which he has called you. The eyes of your heart. There's something about seeing with your heart, hearing with your heart. And God wants to get to the place where he's speaking to our heart. And we can, we, he gives us spiritual eyes to see, not just physical eyes. He gives us spiritual ears to hear. It's one of the things that John 3 says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. When you become a new creature in Christ, when you're born again, when Jesus is Savior and Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit quickens you. He opens something up on the inside of your heart, your life, your soul, your spirit, however you want to describe it, and he begins to speak into that place. I love that. Our spiritual senses are exercised. Our spiritual eyes are opened. Then that very next thing Habakkuk does in chapter 2, he stations himself. He's in that place. He's listening. He's waiting on God. And then God says this to him. He says in uh, chapter 2, verse 2, he says, the Lord gave me this answer. Write down clearly what I reveal to you. Don't you love that? I love the Bible. The Bible is God's written down and clear to us word of God. And so you, you want to hear from God? I'll tell you the best starting point is get into the Bible. Get into the word of God. It's written down for us so that we can read it and go, these are God's words to me, to my heart, to this society. And that we're able to learn from that and hear God speak to us. The Holy Spirit illuminates it, breathes on it, makes it come alive, and we're able to to listen to God through his word. But it's really interesting because to Habakkuk, he said, I want you to write it down now too. God gave him the word and he said, I want you, get pen and paper. I think it was tablets though back then. <laughs> and write it down. You know, throughout history, some of the greatest Christian leaders were journalers. They wrote things down that God was saying, that they were learning from the Bible, from the pages of scripture, but also as they were just listening, as they were just listening, and God would speak impressions to them. They would just write that down. They would write their prayers down. Aren't you thankful for the Psalms? All of those journals of various people, including David, writing down his complaints, his, his prayers, uh, his worship, and we're instructed and we're encouraged through that. See, journaling is an amazing thing because it helps you focus. It slows you down to be able to hear from God. You know, I'd far prefer, I mean, I'm kind of like a doer like so many. And 
I like to get into a, into a time with God, read the Bible, check a box, and move on. And when I journal, it forces me to stay in that place longer and say, okay, what am I learning? What am I hearing? What is God saying? And then to write that down. Those of you who haven't done that, I want to encourage you, get a journal. You can get them as an app on your phone. Uversion Bible app has it. Uh, you can go to Barnes & Noble and they still sell paper and you can get a paper journal. I mean, there's so many ways to get it. And then to just make that your habit. It'll help you break out of a rut as you begin to not just do a devotion, but to meet with God. This uh, last series, we handed out prayer cards. Do you remember those? They were like, a, we went with the series, and it was, it, it was something that gave you some scriptures you could read uh, that went with the series, and then on the back gave you an idea of how you can kind of do prayer Bible journal. And I want to encourage you, every series we're going to have those, uh, because we want to encourage every single person to have this regular time with God, listening to God, writing things down, reading the scripture, praying, and just spending that time with God. So I encourage you, as those come out, we'll have one coming out next week, um, make sure and grab that and use that. It's a wonderful way to deepen your walk with him. Well, the last, uh, the last thing here, after you're getting alone, you're slowing yourself down, you're waiting on God, you're stationing yourself there, you're listening, you got a, you got a way to write down what it is God's saying, what you're learning and God will say things. God will speak to you as you do this. He spoke to Habakkuk. He said many different things to him as, as he put himself in that place. One of the most famous things that God spoke to Habakkuk in that time was he said, the just will live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. Have you ever heard that saying? The apostle Paul quotes it in the New Testament. Martin Luther used it as part of a huge movement of the Reformation. That was in Habakkuk. God gave that to him. Or maybe you've heard of the passage that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the water cover the sea. And God is just speaking vision of the future to him about the coming of Jesus and the coming of a second kingdom. God has things to say. And here's Habakkuk's response. Oh Lord, now I've heard your report and I worship you in awe. I worship you in awe. There's something about that relationship with God when he speaks that we, our heart just wants to worship. It just wants to thank him and praise him for who he is and what he's done, that he, that he calls us into this friendship, into a love relationship. He doesn't want a transactional relationship with us. He wants us to spend time with him and to know his heart, and where our prayer turns from monologue to dialogue, from just telling and talking to listening and receiving. See, there are three kinds of relationships we can have. One is that you believe in God, and that's a great starting point. And then if it gets deeper, you're an acquaintance of God, maybe a fan of God, and, and that's a little bit deeper, but he really wants us to come to a place where where we're followers, where we're friends of God. 
And that only comes as we, as we kind of arrange our life in such a way that on this regular basis, we're meeting with God and we're stationing ourselves there. Can I just challenge you in this next week? Get a 30-minute slot, put it in your schedule, make it happen, and just spend that time with God. Write it down and let him speak to you. We're going to worship right now. We're just going to wait on God for a moment. Are you okay with that? We have plenty of time. I'm ending early for us. Let's just wait on God. And God's spirit is here. And don't be surprised if he starts to speak to you or if you're, even if, if, if you feel moved a little emotionally. I mean, God's presence brings things like that. And we need to not be awkward or afraid of that, but embrace it. That God wants a relationship with me. So let's worship and let's wait on God. And then I'm going to lead us through a couple questions, a guided prayer experience in just a moment. But let's wait and let's pray and let's worship right now.
are waiting in need to hear your voice, Lord, in need to be led by your spirit. Help us, Lord, develop more of a habit to slow our soul down, to slow our thoughts down, to put ourselves in that place to hear you, to listen to you. I want to walk us through a couple passages. And the very first one up here is Ephesians 5.20, and it says this. It says, Give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanksgiving is a form of prayer where we, we look around our life or we look inward or, and we just say, God, even when it's hard, even when I'm suffering, Lord, where can I be grateful? Where can I be thankful? Where can I offer you praise in my life? So I want to give us a moment right now just to reflect on that and listen to God, ask him that very question. And then as he gives you that answer, write it down, write it down. Let's pray, let's listen, let's wait on him. something comes to mind write that down God there's so many things that when we're aware we can be grateful for we can be thankful for and these things God that we've written down right now we offer them to you as part of our worship and just to say thank you. Lord, we want our relationship with you to not just be about telling or talking, but about thanksgiving and about gratefulness and about worship. Let's put up the next passage here. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Anxiety, stress, worries, they can rob us of God's peace. And they can make it very difficult to hear his voice. And so let God identify for you right now. Where is it that you're anxious? Where is it that you're worried? It's going on in your soul and it's hindering you from slowing down and just spending that time listening to God. Would you pray over that and just bring that request to God and then listen for the impression that God would give you. Some of you just go, oh, I know exactly what it is. But let's not assume anything. 
Let's go to God and just say, God, what's the root of this thing? And let him show you and then write that down. Let's pray. it's just one word he gives you. Maybe it's a list of some things. And if you're unsure, you just kind of step out in faith. And you, whatever is being impressed on your heart, you write that down. God, we, we want to be marked by our trust in you, not by our worries and anxieties. Will you show us how in the, in, in the days to come, Lord, how to just be better at releasing these cares and anxieties and worries to you? How to rest in your presence and how to walk in the unforced rhythms of your grace? God, show us. We want to experience your peace that passes all understanding. And we want to be able to hear your voice loud and clear. So we give that to you right now. Let's bring up the next passage. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. God loves to give wisdom. He loves to speak to us. He wants us to live healthy lives that walk into his blessing. He's not holding back on you. It's when we get ourselves in that position to hear and we just wait. He gives the wisdom. And so here's the question that I want you to bring to God. Where do you need wisdom or direction from God as you look into your future? Where is it that you're just needing God. God, I need your will. I want to know your way. Give me the wisdom to know how to proceed in my life right now. Let's ask God right now. And then as he gives that to you, just I'm not talking about the whole full meal deal of wisdom. I'm just saying, what is the area? Write that down where you need that wisdom. Let's pray. God, thank you 
that you're a God who cares for us in every concern that we have, that you're already in our future. You have it all charted out. Lord, would you give us wisdom that we can walk in your ways, a lamp to our feet, a light to our path, Lord. Help us understand your instructions and your wisdom, both from the Bible and just kind of individually as you might give it. We ask in Jesus' name. Here's the last passage. 1 Timothy 2 says, I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God says, I want you to be a praying people, to not just pray for the things um, that are kind of physical and in your need, yeah, that are in your purview, but I want you to pray and care about people that are near and far away and people that need to find their way back to God. And so here's the next question for you. We're gonna ask God this one, who in your life are you praying for to find their way back to God? Who is it? That God might even wanna use you to bless them in some way. The BLESS acronym that we use, the B starts with be in prayer. Be in prayer for those people at your work, at your school, in your neighborhood, in the sports teams, in your family. Pray for them. Would you write down a name of somebody God puts on your heart right now? Maybe it's the same person you've been praying for, but maybe it's somebody new. Let's ask God. Let's pray. Lord, we lift up these people to you, every one of them dearly loved by you. God, would you work powerfully in their life to draw them back to you? Would you work powerfully in their life, Lord, to reveal your love to them? Lord, thank you that you call us to be about spreading the gospel, and part of that is through prayer. And so we lift them up to you right now. Listening to God is not as complicated as we often make it. So much of it is just getting into that place where we slow our lives down and we listen and we wait there and we're ready with, and I mean, it's almost a statement of faith, isn't it? To have a pencil and a piece of paper and say, okay, God, I'm, I'm here. And we have his word. So let's just cultivate that. Take this with you. Continue to pray over it and, um, and let God add to it. Let's sing that song one more time, and, uh, and then I'll, I'll release us here in a second. And waiting here for you With our hands lifted high In praise, and it's you Sing it. 
Let's stand up together. Next week, we start uh, kick off a new series called Love Your Neighbor. And we've done this the last three or four years. It is a great series. It's one of the primary ways that we get to bless our community. So make sure and bring a friend or someone from work with you. I think they'll be surprised at what kind of impact a church can make in a, in a community when we rally together and uh, do that together. So that's next week. If you uh, are new to the church, I'd love to meet you right over here underneath this monitor just for a few moments in First Connect. And uh, over here is our prayer team. God bless you. Have a great day. Let's slow it down. <laughs>